Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Hey dreamers, today we're going to talk about day afters. And you're probably wondering that what that means, but there are three significant day afters in my life. July 28th, 1996, September 28th, 2000, August 2nd, 2012. Now, for those of you that uh, know me, you'll know they are Olympic years. So the first one in 1996, which is a long time ago now, I remember my first Olympic Games. Kerry Potthast and I came third, and we won that medal on the 27th of July. So clearly the day after, the 28th of July, we woke up with no plan. We had only planned our life until that moment. So what happens after you fulfill on a dream or after you hit huge goals? What actually happens? We often don't make plans for that. We don't think about the day after. We don't think about the week after. So after the Atlanta Olympics and a, and a bronze medal and returning to Australia, a few months after I got a letter from the Australian Olympic Committee suggesting that we might experience post-Olympic blues or post-Olympic depression. And they said, should we have that or experiencing that, we should call this number. Now, clearly at the time, winning an Olympic medal, it was probably too short after that time. I screwed that piece of paper up, threw it in the bin and thought, what are you talking about? How could one possibly feel depressed after going to the Olympic Games and winning a medal? But about two or three months after that, I was scurrying around looking for that piece of paper because the descent back down after an Olympic experience came pretty hard and pretty fast. So it took a lot of work 
to then understand the next phases and next stages of our journey. Now, we clearly had an Olympics to get to, but that was four years away. Sydney 2000 was the next one. But I want to make a comment about um, depression when the letter comes and how isn't it interesting that we only want to call the number and talk to somebody about planning our future, what's going on when things are going really bad. And that's, that's what we're trying to revolutionize, isn't it? Actually shifting the conversation to being forward thinking and, and preemptive instead of reactionary. Absolutely. So, and yeah. planning beforehand. So, so then as I head into the Sydney Olympics and had a success coach, Curic Ashley, and, and an awesome volleyball coach, Steve Anderson, all of the culmination of our things uh, preparing for the Olympics had me um, put together a journal about what it was like heading into the Olympics. And Steve, our coach, always asked us, what is going to be your legacy for leaving this sport? And what are you going to do after? He would often say that. And he wasn't thinking of literally the day after, but he was thinking of the future. Now, at that point, I wasn't to know I was going to go to five Olympic Games. But what the journaling allowed me to do also was not only track my progress up the mountain, but think about going down the other side and what it was going to mean to people in my life after, after should we win this Olympic gold medal. And then there's, we'll get on to more of that later. But then London, my last Olympic Games, the 2nd of August 2012 was a day after the last time I touched uh, beach volleyball, not only at an Olympic level, but in the last seven years, I haven't really touched the beach volleyball at all. But that was the very end of my career. Um, I had had more planning, more preemptive planning, knowing it was coming to an end. And so I was a little bit more set up for it, but it was definite, even though you know it's coming, it's a huge shock. Mm. It's amazing to, if we were to say those dates and no one knew the context, nobody remembers those dates. They remember the, the dates that things are won. And so I'm so glad we're highlighting the days after because today is really about planning for that other side. And we have a, a great friend, Arlene Lance, who described this epic journey up Kilimanjaro and, you know, even presenting this ascent took, you know, a PowerPoint presentation of over 50 slides just to be able to describe the richness of the ascent and all that went on from people that weren't going to make it to people that were, you know, dead on the side of the mountain, like really reinforcing how intense that journey was. And, and so the, the description, you know, like it, it basically took hours to describe what that journey of ascending was like. And she said, and you know what? There's not one slide for the descent, she said, because I never planned for it. And because I didn't plan for it, she said it was one of the most dreary, depressing um, events of her life. And it taught her something amazing. But that just always rang true for me when I heard that story. And I thought, you know what? No one's really talking about that, planning for the day after or planning for this the descent. And so it made me think about Nat's journey and because we shared the same volleyball coach he said to me and my beach volleyball partner you know I think it was like maybe two years into our journey of working with him he said 
what will living this dream, this Olympic dream that you both have, that has you flying to the other side of the world, you know, basically shifting the entire course of your life to live this dream, what will living this dream allow you to do? So basically the legacy of the dream. And he had told the story about Nat and Carrie and asking them that question. And Nat, do you want to share your answer to that before I say yeah, what, so, what ours was? So one of the things that I wanted to do was to write a book. And as I talked about before, it was journaling along the way that allowed that book to literally come together because um, at the end of it, it was all there. It was just how we shuffled the words on the page uh, so as I went into Bondi in September 2000, the book was written. The journey from bronze to gold had been written and we were late, uh, just waiting for that last chapter to go at the end about winning the gold medal on Bondi. And in my head, if we didn't win, it would have been a great story for my mum and dad and my friends and family because, you know, there was this thought at the time that if you didn't win, no one wanted to hear about it, right? So... It was all about waiting to put in that last chapter. Now, ironically, of course, the story goes, we win, we play Brazil in front of 10,000 screaming Aussies. It's amazing. And we write that chapter with so much color and dynamic fun and engagement that it becomes the front of the book. And that's how I start the book. So the book's called Go Girl, uh, The Journey from Bronze to Gold. And it's pretty amazing how it all came together because of what Steve and Curic, the questions they had asked along the way, it just kept drawing out um, emotion and information and strategy and effectively continuing to ask why we get up every day to do what we do. And when Coach Steve told us and shared that story, what impacted me so much was I had never heard of somebody writing their story before it happened like that for me was just mind-blowing because there was there was something risky about it but in some ways it felt so healthy the fact that you wrote that before while the journey was playing itself out really impacted me so when he asked me and my beach volleyball partner what will living this dream allow you to do I thought you know for for us, it was really about inspiring young women because we thought about the things that we love to do and it was about inspiration, but there was something about young women. And the interesting thing was we thought that by planning for the day after, that it was literally going to be the day after, but what it ended up being is it brought forth a self-esteem tour for women during our process, which was even part of our um, um, sponsorship opportunity. And why I bring this up is because I don't think Coach Steve Anderson did this by accident because he used to coach our skills the same way. He used to say, I want you to focus on how you're landing, how your feet are, how your knees are bent, how the landing feels because if you do that, it will impact and affect the way you start the action. And this, as you can tell, this is no normal guy. Mind-blowing. Mind, it's mind-blowing. And also, you know, part of you is like, this is totally crazy because I never heard of anything like that because everybody else is focusing on the jump and how you start. But no, he's telling you, focus on the landing, which makes me think, because my first sport was gymnastics, it's like when you see gymnasts at the Olympics and you, um, divers do this as well, they're kind of going through their routine and you see them doing their landing. 
And it's like that landing without the visualization and being able to, you know, see themselves making that landing, all the pre-movement, they're influenced by it. And so I believe that this planning for the day after is actually the quality of the journey. And so before we went to Switzerland, so to yeah, just on that, as a part of the journey, we always used to plan in our celebration. Mm-hmm. Now you can never guarantee what the result is going to be, but in your head, like Sarah said, we've we've gone through the win. We've gone through the process. We've gone through the win. We come out the other side for a celebration, and we're going to celebrate win, lose, or draw for all the people that have also been a part of the journey. Because you imagine, and my mum and dad had to learn how to deal with losses. You know, what do they say and how do they deal with it? And our coach used to also help coach them at the end and the follow-through and help coach them cheer because it's really important, all the processes and how they come together. So we used to always plan the celebration for friends, for family, and if we didn't get the result we wanted, we would be celebrating the journey on the next step, for the next step, for the next event. So it's always important to make sure there's a celebration planned in there. It's almost like a pause. It's an acknowledgement of everyone that's been a part of it. And, of course, when you win an Olympic gold medal, you can just go all out. <laughs> you know, because of all these learnings, when it came time to for us to plan our trip to Switzerland for a year as a family, we had engaged a business coach, and we really wanted to work on with her this same question. What will living in Switzerland for a year allow us to do? And what came out of that was this idea of inspiring and showing the way for other families, you know? you know, demonstrating the power of network marketing, which is this idea that you can work hard previous, like you can work hard for months and months and months, maybe even years before, and because of that hard work, you can be paid every week. You know, let's just say that the government of Switzerland didn't know what the heck to make of that business model. I think we introduced them to this whole idea of, I'm not going to call it passive income, that's residual income and and they literally had to find a word in French to try to describe it because they didn't know what was going on but that's it demonstrate to the government of Switzerland what's possible and demonstrate to other families what's possible when you take a three-year-old on the road for a year so all of these things like what will living in Switzerland for a year allow us to do it's these things that are really coming to a head now as we head home Literally from the days after the dream, so we're right in there, we're totally on this topic as you, you know, generally that's why things come up because we're right in it deep, deeply. And so the thing I want you to see is that by working with that business coach, we qualified and shifted the texture of the journey of Switzerland because what we came up with was in order to inspire and show the way for other families we wanted to have a first class experience and this became our motto for the journey which meant you know if we have a choice between going to the front of the boat when we're going on a a boat cruise or whether we're gonna go a little bit cheaper and a little bit more at the back and near the bathrooms no we're gonna choose the front of the boat it's gonna be a first class experience and that's just one little example yeah and it didn't always mean first class luxury Mm -hmm. it just meant the first class choice of we're going to make sure we live this experience to the fullest 
even when you're in campgrounds, even when you're at a lake or at a swimming pool, you're going to make sure you squeeze the front of the plane out of every single thing we did, which we did and it was awesome. And not only that, the bond we were able to establish with our little daughter, what is that going to allow us to do for our future is going to be pretty special. And some of that we don't even know yet. And I'm so glad Nat said that about the word first class because what that meant for us was first class friendships, first class, like some of the relationships that we forged in a short amount of time were so seriously first class that it's helping to, it's helping us as we move forward to say, hey, how do we bring those qualities into our new friendships moving forward? Like this is first class relationships. And so on so many levels, yes, it does not just mean for, you know, front of the plane. Yeah, which we didn't fly a lot. That's all right. (laughs) So easy jet to win around Europe. But what chasing and following your dreams also does is when you're in that process and looking to um, to the days after, it leads to new horizons. So as you, as we're coming to the end of our adventure in Switzerland, the question comes up, and if it doesn't for you, then put it on your list to ask yourself, is what's next? And so we already have new dreams, new desires that we're launching out there for years to come. And not that I don't want to not end on horizons. However, I think there's so many different ways of getting excited by this idea of the day after, which... I always think about trampolines, like people that know me are just going to laugh because I always talk about the trampoline, but it must be this unrequited desire that I had as a child to not have a trampoline. And then when my parents got divorced, I got one the next day. So, you know, it's pretty much up there with one of the most exciting things I ever got as a child. And what I learned on that trampoline was that when you jump up into the air, it is just as exciting as when you're coming down. Because when you're coming down towards the trampoline, you know that this next jump, this next up is going to be even higher. And the way that you come down is there's no... You know, you're not depressed about it. You're not sad. It's not even in the equation because you, like when I'm jumping, I understand that the down is part of the up and the up is part of the down. And if anything, the down makes my up even higher, makes it better. So I think there's lots of life lessons to be attained in the trampoline. And I think there's something that we all just innately get about that. So what if we all got that the day after and after and after and after is just as vital, is just as part of of the process as living out the dream. Yeah, and that, Sarah does love trampolines. We're still, (laughs) we'll have one for Jordan soon when we get back to Australia, I hope, along with the swimming pool, along with everything else she wants to have for her experience. But also in those days after, it's important to have a process for reflecting reflecting on the or and part of the celebration so we celebrate we then go into a reflection of what was awesome about the trip what was awesome about the performance what was awesome about whatever it is that's been achieved or not and then Carrie and I would always ask ourselves this special question was how could we make it better so not what went wrong right or not what do we need to fix it's like how would we make the experience better Should we do it again or should we go into something similar? And that can always be used to help other people along the way too. 
and it'll make sure that we always, my personality is to always look forward. So always looking forward to the next horizon because as we talked about horizons, once you get to a horizon, the next thing you see is the following horizon. There's always a new vantage point to see new possibilities. And you did, Nat did say when we were thinking about this idea, she's like, you know, horizons are always elusive. You, you actually, you're kind of gazing out at them. They're not so clear. And as you're, 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 you can't really grab onto them. They're just there. And so this idea that you never really arrive, once that lives in you, you start to have a different quality of journey. You start to just love the view. You know, you just love the feeling of creating new stuff. You love the feeling of what it allows you to do and who it allows you to impact and, and how it allows you to contribute. So we we hope that, we wish that, and we dream that for all of you. And now we're adding a new step for you, I guess, to go and look at the <laughs> dreams that you're in the middle of creating or look at the dream that you want to create and think about yeah. the day after. Think about the legacy and what the dream will allow you to do. And that will, as Sarah has mentioned, create more richness in the process of going through that. And go forward and be a deliberate creator and live at the forefront of your life. That is our dream for all of you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.